Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today, we're joined by our guest, Kevin Palmieri. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today, man? I'm doing very well, Todd. Excited to chat. Thank you so very much for having me on. Me too, man. I'm really glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And may I ask where you're calling from? I am calling from New Hampshire. Oh, wow. What's it like there today? It is 82 degrees. It's too hot. It's about 20 degrees hotter than it was last week, and I don't like it. Okay. I feel you, brother. Yeah. Here, it says it's 73 or 74. It just changed. Um, In Henderson, Nevada, the southern part kind of near Las Vegas. Um, But I'm surprised that you're so warm for this time of year. That seems like it should be cooler, but, you know. It was. It was. Yeah. Last week it was 60s and 40s at night, and I think we're just having nice. a couple days. That sounds like heaven. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Winter is almost here, brother. It won't yeah, be long. It'll it be is. Colder than, it'll be colder than I'll get out before yeah. you know it. There's always something and, to complain about, Todd. You know, there's always, yeah. you can always find a way if you want. Dude, I'll tell you this. Like, uh, this is my first year in Nevada, and um, the eye opener was I got here just before the peak of summer. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know about you, but I've never experienced 117 degree temperatures for like a week straight. But no. that happened. Yeah. 117 degrees. And I came from Arizona, and it seems like I should understand the heat, but I lived in the mountains, so it was a lot cooler, you know. But yeah, dude, it's like ridiculous. You can't go outside. You can't do anything it's like it's really uh, it's it's making me question whether or not i'm going to stay in the area after my lease is up (laughs) understandable understandable you know because that's just too much dude and i I don't want to you know have to own a vacation home just to get away for the summer you know what i mean yeah yeah Although that would be pretty neat. And Kevin, can you tell us what you do for a living? Yeah, I am the founder, the CFO, and the host of a podcast called Next Level University. And I get to podcast seven days a week, and that is my job now, which is wild for me to say. That is cool, man. I understand completely. Um, Not from my own experience, but really admire those of you that really turn it into a business. For me, this is just more of a passion project. Mm. Um, we're going to get back to that and talk a little bit about how you got into that. And then of course, get people tuned in so they can enjoy your podcast and stuff as well. But let's, let's get started with some fun stuff from your childhood. Are you down with that? I am down with that, my friend. Right on, right on. So there's always a strange curiosity that I seem to have. And that is, what is the earliest possible memory that you can recollect off the top of your mind in life? 
My goodness. The earliest memory I have, and this is this is a strange one, when I was probably seven, six or seven, that's really the first memories I have. I remember, do you remember that movie Child's Play? Yeah. I have a, the, one of my first memories is a nightmare of the Chucky doll chasing me down my hallway where I used to live. And that's probably when I was like seven years old. That's like my first real memory that I could give you off the top of my head. Wow, that's so crazy. Um, <laughs> man, Child's Play and Chucky. Yeah, I remember having nightmares about that freaky little thing too. Yeah, too young, Todd. I was too young to be watching that. That was That was a bad idea at the time for sure. Yeah, totally, man. And um, did you grow up with siblings? No, I am an only child, just me. Are you? Yes. Wow. And are your parents still with us? Uh, my So I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27, and I'm 34 today. So the first time I met my dad with a recollection or understanding that he was my father was when I was 27. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, and they are both still with us, yes. I know. God bless him, man. Um, wow, that's amazing. And um, I mean, like, uh, that's that's really cool because my mom and my grandma were very instrumental in my life as mm -hmm. well. And my dad was absent also, mm -hmm. um, but in a different way. And he came back for a while and all that. But um, yeah, that that's an interesting experience. Um, do you think that really shaped you as an individual, like having that experience being different? I mean, it's one thing to you know, be in a home where there's divorce or something like I can totally relate to that, but like never, ever even having gone there. What's that like, bro? I, I don't think I really understood the effect that it was having on me until later, but I, I this is another core memory of mine. I remember it was, I don't know, it was probably like fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe. And for some reason, Todd, when we're going around the classroom, introducing ourselves in the first day, you say, I'm Kevin. My mother is in the medical field and my father does blank for work. And I remember just thinking, I have no, I don't know what my dad does. I'm going to make something up. I'm just going to say construction because that sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. And I later found out that he was in construction. So I was, it was, a really, oh, yes, it was a really funny, good, man. right. That's really funny. I mean, way to turn it into a positive. Right. Mark. Right. Right. I appreciate it. it. It was a really, really good guess, but no, I mean, at the time I, I had such an ego around the fact that my dad left, so it was very easy for me to villainize him. And when I started villainizing him, I didn't really feel bad about it. It didn't it didn't seem to be any sort of void. But what I do think it created in me was very low self-worth and very low self-belief, which I still am working on to this day, however many years later. So in retrospect, one of the reasons I don't I don't think I believed in myself very much is because I believed or valued myself is because I think in my mind, my dad left because of me. I wasn't good enough for him to stay around. I wasn't valuable enough for him to overcome the stuff that he needed to overcome. So it, it definitely affected me in many ways, but I also think it gave me the work ethic that I have as well, the grit. So with every negative, there's there's a positive potentially if you want to look for it. And I think I have both sides of that coin. Most definitely. Good way to look at it, bro. Thank you. That's Thank fantastic. You. Yeah. And um, just out of curiosity, how do you view how your mother and grandmother influenced your life and, and your grandfather as well? My mother and my grandmother were very, they were very homebodies. So they were always there. So my mom would work, my mom worked third shift. So she'd work 11 to 7. So she'd sleep during the day. But my grandmother was always there because it's not like she was working. So I felt very, I felt very supported energetically because there was always someone there. That was very, very helpful to me. And another key, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but my mom, grandmother, most of my family didn't go to college. So I never had external pressures of, hey, you need to go to college and be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or whatever it may be, I had a very unique perspective on life because I kind of got to do what I wanted. That was, I had, a, I had a very high level of freedom and choice, which I know not everybody has the privilege of having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's huge. Um, but having kind of an open ticket, you know, is pretty cool as well, man, because like you can explore all kinds of things, you know. So but did you play music or anything like that? Like, are you a musician? That's what I'm curious me. No, well, I like I write music. I write music and I do a little rapping. So awesome. yeah, yeah, that's that's something I've been doing since I was, I don't even know, 15 or 16. I've been doing that for a long time on and off. Very right? cool. Right. Yeah, but cool. What I was exploring at the time, I was exploring from maybe like a freshman in high school, maybe a little bit older than that. I was exploring mixed martial arts. So I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight professionally. That was that was like my dream for a, a long period of time is, look, the UFC, that that is like all relatively new. It's more mainstream. I feel like I could probably do that. So then I started training and that was one of my first real big shots at having a, a large, seemingly unattainable goal. Wow. Okay. And so do you still fight today, just out of curiosity? I don't fight, but I still train. So I never I never ended up doing a, a amateur professional fight because I ended up tearing my shoulder. And then I had the realization that this might not be the most sustainable career this is gonna hurt man yeah yeah so <laughs> at that point in my life it was like okay maybe um maybe as i'm getting older i'm getting a little bit wiser and i don't know if i'm as all in as some of these other people i'm training with they trade everything for this i don't know if i would so i ended up saying okay we're gonna we're gonna try to find something else later in life but i still do train by myself fairly often that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you get into fights a lot as a little kid? Never. No. Awesome. I I never I've been in one fight in my entire life other than like organized like boxing matches or whatever with friends. But no. Mm. I'm terrified of fighting. I don't mm. I'm terrified of losing. Yeah, that's that's I don't know. I think there's a certain level of confidence required to I think you're pretty smart to think that way. I'm I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. Avoid, avoid it altogether. Nobody needs to get hurt. You right. know, I like all the teeth that are still in my mouth. Yes. And, you know, I, I don't want to have to, you know, wear a scar. I'm not starring in a movie, so there's no need for me to look like I just been beaten to hell. And then still here I am at the diner having breakfast with everyone else. <laughs> right. Like, it just seems weird. So I'm with you, man. Yeah. Maintain that uh that you know that look instead of yeah i just god bless him I, i've never really been a big fan of any sports to be honest but mm -hmm. like fighting and stuff the only thing i can think of that might be like a cool i mean i'm sure this is part of it but like the uh there's an intimacy about it kind of like a very primal kind of a thing that seems to go on in that dynamic especially mm -hmm. as a profession you know, and I always thought that was fascinating, but like in real life stuff, you know, it's like we're living in times where like, you know, you say the wrong thing to somebody and they might try to shoot you, you know, it's like, yeah. so yeah, I think it's just staying away from it, but knowing how to defend yourself is really a very important thing, you know, so. It's a confidence yeah. builder. It's, it's a, mm -hmm. I mean, if you think of what are most people afraid of, most people are afraid of combat in some way, shape, or form, understandably. But the more of an understanding you have of how all that works, the more confident you are in day-to-day -day situations. But again, it doesn't mean you have to trade in everything and try to be a professional. That's cool. And I know it's kind of a weird direction. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this, but do you carry a firearm? Uh, I have. There's a lawnmower outside, if you can hear that. I have a license to carry. I do not carry it often because I don't really go anywhere other than the gym. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's the last place. If somebody goes and tries to do something in there, they'll get what they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what am I, where am I going to do with this thing when I'm bench pressing? You know, I'm not going to be on the floor. Yeah. I feel you, man. I was just kind of curious. That's all. And I need to get my CCW here in Nevada. It's kind of weird because I've been carrying for so long in Arizona legally and it's never been an issue. But now you got to have a license and it's like, all right, whatever. But like, I really don't go any place where I feel like I need it. But like now that things, things are weird in Las Vegas, man, there's a lot of crime there and some pretty crazy things that happen. But yeah. otherwise where I live, it's pretty chill and, you know, don't have to worry as much, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like, you know, I go to the gym every day and, um, now I can say that finally. And I'm so happy to be able to say that because I've been a lazy guy for a long time sitting in, 
rural Arizona, bro. And so now it's like, at least I'm swimming every day and, um, you know, getting more body movement than I have in like 10 years. And so, you know, as ridiculous as that sounds, but yeah, you know. what was the, what was the motivation? Like what was the necessity that facilitated the change? Um, well, thank you for asking, actually, because um, I, I kind of I've been thinking about this a lot and there's a lot of things that relate to it. But a lot of it really I attribute to my faith in God, man, and like my Christian beliefs and the things that I hold dear in my heart um, relevant to my particular expression of faith and all that. God's led me into some interesting directions and people's lives and different things that like, all I can say is, wow, you know, it's like, it's so blatantly obvious that there's more than just the randomness of life happening here. And it's really amazing to me. So long story short, I've been here in Nevada for about five months now. I guess it's been five, six months almost. And uh, basically, <laughs> since I got here, like I came from a place where I was alone and, you know, my friend and I lived in a house together and he's just a really good friend that I've had for, you know, almost 28 years, I believe now. Nice. And, um, you know, just a cool guy that I've known forever. And I landed in his house one day and seven years later, you know, now I'm finally, I left. <laughs> you know but it was cool and it worked out great for the time that i was there and i lived in arizona for 13 years but it's like rural living bro and you know really isolated not many people i mean it was a lot of people in town like 1900 i think but just people are, were different you know and they didn't really like to reach out so i mean i made my friends and stuff it was just a lot harder mm. and it, it was a lot of people you had to avoid you know that were in trouble or would cause trouble or whatever so it's like it was just a really different experience but a really good one in a lot of ways but yeah, yeah since i've been here it's like man i got hooked up with a church through the guy at the gym like the salesman at the gym it went from like gym talk to jesus talk like in two minutes flat when i got there and sat at his desk it was like we looked at each other and it's like something just happened and it's like all of a sudden we were talking about life and this and that and of course I signed up in the gym, but like <laughs> it, we talked about everything but the gym. And then he ended up taking me to his church and boy, that was the greatest experience ever. So getting back to the punchline of the story, you know, to be honest with you, I've had a real blessing being around some really good people that feel like family and the absence of my own family. Mm. Um, you know, I'm always looking for that sort of thing in people. And I believe that our family you know, can really be more of spirit and, and looking at it that way. It's a possibility that, you know, it's like you meet different people and like you end up being, you know, lifelong connected people. And that's what it's supposed to be. They call it friendship, but I think it, if I think it really is kind of like family. So mm -hmm. I've been around these cool new people and everything. And a lot of them are really just like, buff man like our, the pastor of my church it looks like arnold schwarzenegger you know almost and like he's just huge and you know just a bunch of big strong dudes and like some of my other friends they're just all into fitness and you know i've met a lot of people at the gym between the gym and the church there's like all these really yoked out people around me and i'm like man these are great people and like wow they still want to hang out with me even though i've got a little gut that i'm trying to lose but <laughs> it's like they're they're setting the example dude of like how you know physical fitness should look mm -hmm. and what that experience is like and each of them share different dynamics of their journey and experience and try to give advice and tips we started a men's uh, life group here for christian men here at my house recently and one of the dudes from the gym actually is leading it and it's crazy and like he's a personal trainer and you know, it's like, it, it's just amazing. So it's like, God's really pushed me in a direction where I can't ignore it, man. And I've been trying for so long, just being lazy. And to be honest, it feels really good just to get back in the groove and like other things to look forward to. I'll start lifting soon, but even just swimming, it's like, you know, excellent exercise. I can see it already and mm. feel it fantastic so it really comes down to perspective based on influence i think when i really answer it honestly mm. if i wasn't around other people that were doing that sort of thing i might not have that influence and motivation so my thoughts would be diminished you know and i wouldn't yeah. have motivation
And so I'm really blessed and, and grateful to have uh, gleaned that motivation through the eyes of others and their experience and stuff like that. That's awesome, man. Congrats. I'm, I'm very proud of you. And it, it seems like you're in a very fulfilled place, which is always amazing. Thank you. And it's the craziest thing. And I keep telling people this. I'm like, dude, uh, did you happen to know that Jesus lives in Las Vegas? Like, I don't know if anybody ever thought of it, but like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, my church is literally down the street from the Stratosphere Hotel on mm -hmm. Sahara. And it is a great church, but it's like kind of in the hood. And that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But like, I'll tell you, man, like I've met more loving people that are so genuine. And I don't mean like just at church. I mean, they'd get your phone number and make sure that they are in touch with you. Right. And, you know, it's just a really different experience. And I've been in other churches, but it's never been like this. And so it's like Las Vegas seems to be like there's something different about this place beyond just the normal, you know, run of the mill sin factors. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, there's something special here and I keep running into so many people of faith and it's like really weird, um, honestly, and it just keeps happening and stuff. So I have to assume that, you know, oh yeah, that stuff we're talking about in the Bible, that's, that's true. And like, you know, if you're paying attention, you know, you can see that there are things that line up in different ways. And I'm not saying that my way is the only right way. I think that everyone should be able to believe in whatever they want. And if it works for them, Hey, there's something wrong with that. But it, it does come down to one interesting thing and we'll probably just jump right in. Cause I know that you're itching for this. And now that we're talking, I am too, but like your thought process, brother, you know, my thinking, yeah. Thinking between our ears. Uh, for a long time, so in the preamble, you were saying, I, I'm willing to bet you were, uh, I don't remember the words you used, but something along the lines of a, a thoughtful young man. A thoughtful young man, yeah. I didn't start focusing on self-improvement or self-awareness until I was 27. That's when this all started for me. So I've only really been focused on working on myself internally since since then for the last like seven years. So I ended up when I, so when I graduated high school, like I said, I wanted to fight. I was trying to fight. That was my goal. That didn't work out. So over the next, I don't know, four or five years, I pumped gas at a gas station. I was a personal trainer. I cleaned hospital floors and toilets, truck driver, forklift operator, fire academy, construction, whatever I could do. Awesome. Like a lot of different stuff to pay the bills, right? That's cool. It was. It was. I got a lot of experience. I got a lot of life experience and perspective, which is wonderful. But then I ended up getting this job when I was in my early to mid 20s in an industry called weatherization. And mm. all that means is we go into large buildings, usually schools, usually state owned or government owned buildings. And we make them more energy efficient by retrofitting the windows and the doors and the attics and stuff like that. So I went from making $15 an hour as a personal trainer to making $60 an hour at this new job. And when that happened, Todd, I was like, oh, this is it. Right. Me not going to college was the answer. All of the mud that I've crawled through over the last decade was, it was worth it. This is fine. Everything's going to be totally fine. But I fell into the trap that the external results, external success, and external significance were going to fix the internal voids that I didn't realize I had. And that really, really highlighted for me when I, I ended up making $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to feel so great about everything. Mm -hmm. And I opened my final pay stub of the year and nothing changed. I, I was super insecure, even though I had a lot of money. I had just won a bodybuilding show the year before. I was I had all the measures, quote unquote, of external success, but I was just super insecure, low self-worth, low self-belief. When I open that pay stub, my final one of the year, and I expected to feel a certain way, I had a real talk with myself. And I said, over the last year and most of my life, I have lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I ended up starting a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. Right on. And that's, that is where, that was 2017. So that's where all this started. It was, the, the tagline was change the way you think, 
change the way you act, change the way you live. And yes. that has become my, in the simplest form, that has become my thought process since then. And every every day I'm trying to balance, these are the results I'm getting, but this is the behavior that I'm practicing. Because the results I'm getting are just delayed reactions to the behaviors I'm practicing. Can I ask you a strange question? Absolutely. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> right on. Um, so there's an author that I really like. His name is Richard Bach. Um, mm. You may remember him from Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I had, I do not know of him, no. Okay, no worries. Um, um, yeah, I forget sometimes with uh, different generations that <laughs> same books don't exist. Um, okay, so there's a saying that he says, um, uh, Jesus, um uh, Gosh, um, what was I just going to tell you here? Richard Bach, uh, take me back where you were here just a second ago. One of the things I said was change the way you think, change the way you act, change the way you live. Exactly. Was it that? Or your your results are delayed reactions to your behaviors? We were talking on that line as well. Yeah, we'll come back to it. No worries. And I'll fix this later. That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Um, but basically what I was, um, kind of getting at is, um, you know, that your mind really does dictate what it is that seems to happen in your life. So you have to focus really for that to even occur, right? Like yeah. you, you made that conscious decision and the actions that needed to happen kind of happened naturally. And I was kind of wanting to allude to that area actually. And I was just kind of curious, are you a man of faith? Like, do you practice any sort of faith or anything like that? I would say that I am spiritual, but I'm not necessarily affiliated with a particular religion or practice. But I I am somebody who believes very much in there is a lot of stuff that we can't see that is affecting us way more than we realize. Definitely. Right? Energetically, whatever it may be. So vibration, frequency, a lot of that stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely a, a spiritual man. I wouldn't say that I am connected to any specific religion. That's cool. Right on. Yeah. And I always thought of myself more as a spiritual person until I got connected with more of like the focus of it all. And, you know, for me, it was Eastern Indian stuff before. And, you know, I really enjoyed that actually meditation. And, you know, they call it inner light and sound meditation. Great experience. Mm. But yeah. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. And I tend to believe that, you know, all the different countries and different people, we have to believe things in different ways for it to make sense. And, you know, it's like, that's why there's so many different things. I, I really hate it when people get hung up on thinking that everything has to be like just one way or, yeah. you know, someone else is wrong because I'm right or whatever, that sort of thing. Yeah. I've always been, my thought has always been, I want every single person to believe in whatever it is that they feel guided by as long as it makes them a better person that's that's always been my thought is i, I don't care it, it doesn't matter to me as long as you're doing your best to improve yourself and therefore improve the lives of the people around you and if what you believe in helps you do that the the most power to you for that exactly yeah there's so many things um that are possible indeed uh in that way um can you tell us a little bit more about how you kind of got led to start this podcast venture? Because I'm sure it was really with the intention of helping other people. And honestly, you know what? I I, I have to apologize for my previous brain fart. No, you're good. <laughs> but uh, you teach best what you most need to learn. And that it just kind of clicked and, and for some reason slipped my mind a few minutes ago. I apologize for that. Um, but you teach best what you most need to learn. That was actually one of his quotes that I always thought was very interesting. And um, I just wonder, do you think that that might apply in some situations? Like the motivation to really aspire to be the top of something sometimes means that you have to teach it to others. And there's just a fascinating kind of paradigm in there. And I'm just curious if you see yourself in that type of scenario, I what you did. Yeah, yeah, I do now more than ever, but Here's the interesting thing. Most of what I'm doing today wasn't by design for me. So I was interviewed on who's my, he's my co-host now and my business partner, but at the time he was just my friend. He had a YouTube channel and he said, hey, I want to interview you. I want to talk about mindset and fitness and discipline. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is going to look like. I've never done this, but 
whatever, let's see what happens. And we sat down at one of our buddy's parents' kitchen tables and we we did this interview. And what felt like five minutes was an hour and 40 minute interview. And when we got to the end, I said to my friend, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And he said, mm-hmm. there's there's people out there that do. And that was the mm-hmm. that was the thing for me. So what I've always thought, not always, what I have come to realize recently, and this is just a a theory, but a lot of people are convinced they don't know what their purpose is. I think they just haven't found the vehicle yet. I've always wanted to help people. I remember coaching people on relationships long before I had a podcast that had to do with the relationships or I remember being a captain of the baseball team and loving to do the camps with the little kids. I always enjoyed teaching people and helping people and supporting people. I just never knew what the vehicle was. So when I found that and I realized, oh, okay, this could be a thing, that was at a time where I was already through Snapchat having conversations with people because I was posting positive inspirational stuff and people would reach out and ask questions. So I've always wanted to help people. And one of my purposes, and it's very coincidental, Todd, is I do believe my purpose is to be the person that I needed. I really do. I, I That's something I hold very near and dear to my heart. And that's why I try to show up in the way I do. So yeah, I would say that is very accurate for me. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Man, yeah. so you feel like you're at the place of your destiny right now. I would say so, yeah. it's At times, it's a little intimidating to have the level of clarity that I have and that we have as a business where this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't plan on retiring. I don't, this is it for me. I'm going to do this every day for as long as humanly possible or until I decide it's not what fulfills me anymore. And I think that's, at times that can be intimidating because I know not everybody has that privilege yet and I hope everybody does. But yeah, that's that's what I feel. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That is cool, man. That is really cool. And, you know, things lead to different places and, you know, that sort of thing as well. So, I mean, yeah, everything grows into something else and, you know, it'll be interesting. It's definitely an exciting time. Um, just off the kind of subject here, how do you feel about AI in the world? I, there's a 50% terrified, 50% excited. I don't know. I feel like with any new technology or any new opportunity or any new awareness, there's always going to be fear and there's always going to be excitement. So I think it's amazing that I can go online and say, give me the best recipe for chocolate chip cookies and it'll spit it out in three seconds. I think that is just unbelievable. But obviously- Humans have created a lot of things that we've lost control over. So hopefully AI won't be another one of those. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. Yeah, they're going to start doing people's taxes with it next year. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, that's a, a fascinating. I mean, why not? Right. Oh, it's like, I mean, that's a lot of information, man. Like, have you ever looked into tax courses? Like, that's a nightmare, man. Yeah. Unless you're a numbers person. Yeah. Well, you got to think. It's If it's just numbers, right? That's computers are right. really good at numbers. Exactly. And all the formulas and stuff. I mean, what makes all this, you know, the computer? So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it only makes sense. But yeah, it's still kind of freaky to me, to be honest with you. And I'm using it in my marketing um, agency mm. and basically trying to leverage it for different aspects of marketing, content development, and even research and things like that. It's amazing, but I have a mixed feeling about it. Just like you, I'm kind of 50-50. It's like, all right, great. I'm really happy it's here and thank you. God bless you. Hope everything works out, but please don't kill me. And, uh, you know, if you're going to replace somebody's job, may it be somebody's job who uh, isn't, you know, that, that won't have a problem going to find another one. You right. know, it's like, that's the thing that really bothers me about it is it seems like some of it's being used to replace humans and that's not cool. And I mean, it just, ah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just losing the human element in society is like, you know, we're marked for death at that point, in my opinion. And, you know, it's like, I mean, we can't have that. Like we need to keep interpersonal dynamics alive and, people communicating and reaching out and talking with each other and having, you know, an open 
sense of things as opposed to shut off and close because then it becomes every man for himself yes and you know all that so that's kind of where i see it heading is like if if it's used in the wrong ways it can really separate us and um make life a little more complicated and probably less enjoyable and probably more fear you know which is no good um you know the media and the government not not to talk about politics they love fear so Mm -hmm. You know, there's that whole thing, but that's not really what we're about here because um, we both want to focus on the positive. So that's fear right. is the opposite of all things. You don't have any need for fear. Um, definitely not with Kevin here because uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about how to avoid that stuff because it's about creating a mindset, really. And I was hoping that maybe you might share a little bit about some thoughts you'd have for the audience on how to create a positive mindset and really what the true benefit of that is. We might forget it sometimes, you know, we don't really realize when we're carrying around these negative thoughts and as silly as they might be, it's like they can really hold us back in ways and even affect our health at at some point, right? Of course, yeah. It's in the simplest form, if you you want something different, you have to do something different. And we could just think of, I always love the analogy of baking a cake. You can try to bake a cake and you can say, well, I'm sure there's eggs and there's flour and there's probably something here and butter and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. And you mix it all up and you throw it in the oven and you say, what? I don't know, 350 for 20 minutes. Let's try that. And it might come out too dry or too wet or whatever. And that's the same conversation as, well, if I want a different outcome, I have to put in a different input. So let me try less butter, less whatever it is. I think self-improvement, mindset, peak performance, personal development I think it really is, okay, what are you doing every day to get the result you're doing, uh, to get the result you're getting right now? If the first thing you do when you wake up is grab social media, I'm willing to bet you're probably more anxious than the average human, or maybe not. You you might be as anxious as the average human because the average human probably does this, does that, right? So, And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. That happens to me. But it's it's that for me. It's, okay, well, what are the small behaviors that we're doing every day? Well, I hit snooze first thing. Okay. The understanding now that maybe we could share is when you hit snooze, you're already kind of starting the day by letting yourself down. So what could we do to avoid that from happening? Okay, cool. What could we do to avoid you picking up your cell phone first thing in the morning and just getting flooded with reactive content that you don't really need? All right, cool. And then as you continue doing practices like that, you say, all right, what could I do to start practicing positive habits? Well, to your point, Todd, now you're investing in your health so you feel better. I'm willing to bet you're more confident. I'm willing to bet you're more consistent. I'm willing to bet you're more of a joy to be around because you're investing in your health and that feels really good and it's fulfilling. Okay, maybe every day I should try to just get 15 minutes of exercise, even if it's just mm-hmm. a 15 minute walk. All right, cool. What else could I do? Well, I I don't know. I really haven't been that focused on learning in a while, what could I learn about? Awesome. That's that's another thing. All right. Maybe I want to learn about my ego. Maybe I want to learn about my relationship so I can improve my relationship. Maybe I want to learn more about money so I can have more financial abundance and less scarcity and take care of my family better. Okay, cool. So then we, we put that in. Okay. What are we doing to learn every day? And then you just build upon that. It really is, if you if you were to look at someone's life and you said that person is, they have it together. They're learning every day and they exercise often and they have a great relationship and they, they take ownership. They understand their ego. And I said, where do you think that person's going to be in five years? You would probably say, I'm, I'm willing to bet they'll probably be pretty successful. Right. There's, there's no reason that whether, you know, there's no reason you, can, you can't do the same thing. And that really is my belief from, from day to day, progress is invisible. But from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. And here's the thing. It goes both ways. A pound a month, either way, is 12 pounds a year. But a pound over the course of 30 days, you're not really going to notice that. Either way, you don't really notice it that much. That is life in a nutshell. Five years from today, our lives are going to look drastically different than they do today. The question is, will it be by design or by accident? And the mindset, self-improvement, personal development, that is intentional growth towards an aligned outcome. And that is what I would suggest, yeah. 
Right on, man. Excellent. And uh, one of my favorite guys in terms of thinking and all that is Earl Nightingale. Are you familiar with him? The Strangest Secret? I am. The Strangest Secret, yes. Right on, man. Yeah, that's the best. And I was just looking at some quotes here. And um, the one that I wanted to maybe bring up just for fun is you are now and you do become what you think about, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was written a long time ago, man. Like, wouldn't you agree with that? A hundred percent. One of it's probably it's not as good of a quote, not as much wisdom. But we used to say this all the time. What you think you are is more important than what you actually are in a way, in a way. Now, that's a baseline awareness, so it, it's not completely true. But if you think you're confident, you will take actions that are in alignment with confidence and you will get more results than someone who did, who doesn't. If you think you're shy, you're, you're most likely never going to do things that somebody who identifies as shy, you, you're not going to do anything outside of that realm. So it's this, it's this weird thing where we almost create or resist our own success by the thoughts we have about ourselves. So yes, I agree a million percent. Yeah, totally. And and what I was actually thinking more about was um, the influence of all the social media and stuff. And I think it's all garbage, to be honest. But um, you know, we have it's a necessary evil. But mm-hmm. I personally don't care for any of it. <laughs> um, but when people are glued to that stuff, and it's funny that you mentioned because you know that's definitely. I think what people do, right? Like I know that some people end their day with social media, but it never occurred to me that people might start their day with it. And like, what a terrible way to start your day, man. Like go sit in the backyard and enjoy a nice cup of coffee. And if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where birds fly around, you know, it's, it's kind of neat. You know, I'm in a concrete jungle here where I am, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's still, you know, it's, it's, I can't imagine, you know, it's like, I try to start the day with the Bible for me because that works. And, you know, it's just one of the ways that I keep my knowledge gaining in that area and try to demonstrate my faith and everything. But like, you know, it's easy to get off track and all that, but yeah, yeah. The, the start of your day, you know, and, and also the end of it, of course, but those are the two times when, uh, input in our brains, uh, apparently sinks in the deepest apparently. Mm. Yeah. So just right. Just yeah. before we sleep and when we awake. Yeah. It's it. I think the the hardest thing to understand is growth is a byproduct of goals. And mm-hmm. it, it's almost that it's like because that's a question I get often. What would you suggest somebody starts? I would probably start by saying what's a what's a realistic, not super intimidating, scary goal that you could set for yourself? Because that's going to dictate the behavior. I, I said this one time to one of my, my friends. I said, don't get me wrong. I Porn is awesome. That's why I have to not watch it. I used to have an addiction to porn. My, oh. my goal is to have a really deep, meaningful, fulfilled relationship with my wife. And I don't think that's going to happen if, if I'm watching porn every time I go to the bathroom or if I'm sneaking stuff like that. That's just not going to facilitate the relationship that I desire to have. But that started with a goal. If the goal is short-term pleasure, we will find a way to meet that need. If the goal is long-term fulfillment, that is the harder goal to achieve, unfortunately, due to the such quick results we can get by logging into our phones or going on social media or whatever it may be. So I think it really starts with what is the goal that will facilitate the necessity and accountability for us to actually do the stuff that's challenging. It's, it's hard to get up and go to the gym for sure. It's hard to have challenging relationships with somebody that you love. It's hard to be consistent. But if the goal dictates that, you're more likely to do it than just to say, well, I want to read more. That's a good goal. But how can we make a more specific goal that would actually create extra necessity? Absolutely. Yes. And and I don't think people always realize it. And I know I struggle with it myself sometimes, but you know, I tend to stay on the positive side. But really, when you set your mind to something, you can pretty much create anything you want almost, you know what I mean? Uh, without, you know, Chris Angel style magic, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But like, yeah, it's it's really quite amazing. The, the reality that you can set forth from imagination is like, 
one of the fascinating things I often ponder and mm. how you can create something out of thin air, like your podcast and, you know, helping people and making a difference in the world and really making people aware of things that are going to help their lives on a day-to-day basis. And that's a true gift right there, man. Like I appreciate that's that. the perfect scenario, bro. Like, yeah, you put yourself in a really good spot. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. There's been a lot of uh, dark nights of the soul getting here, being broke, being in debt, all that stuff. But Again, the goal dictates what you're willing to do. And if you, to your point, Todd, if you can see something in your mind and you can see something in your imagination and you truly believe it will be worth it to create, I would say you're probably going to be very fulfilled if you're able to bring it into reality and and stick with it long enough to do it. Absolutely. And we are living in an interesting time where more people are working from home and trying to do their own thing than ever before. Um, what would you say to somebody listening right now that's thinking about, man, you know, it's like this job is really just breaking my back and I've had enough and I really want something else that I can create. What would you say to somebody that really has never gone out on a limb and created a side hustle or something like that? Or what would you say to that person? I would say identify your mud. And all I mean by that is when I left, so I left my job, I went from making six figures to zero figures very, very quickly. And I started having anxiety attacks and panic attacks. I think I went from my, I went too far into my anxiety zone is what happened to me. And my mental health suffered because of it. My mud was being very broke for several years and not being able to afford rent and my car broke down and all that stuff. You, if you're very certainty driven, your mud might be working at the job that you're working at, but creating more of a light at the end of the tunnel by saying, okay, every Saturday I'm going to go do photography or I'm going to go do my Ironman training or I'm going to go do dog walking or I'm going to do that side hustle that I want to create with the understanding that if I do it for long enough and I get good enough at it, then maybe eventually it can replace this job that I loathe. And then, then it goes, so it's almost like you have to do a hundred percent at something. So hundred percent at the day job and then 20% at the side hustle. Okay. Then eventually I'd love to tell you it gets better, but usually it's a hundred percent at the day job and then it's 60% at the side hustle. And then it's a hundred percent at the day job and then 80% at the side hustle. Then maybe when you get to 80% at the side hustle, then you can do 80% side hustle, 20% real quote unquote job, and then you can start to adjust those figures. But when I say identify your mud, it just means for you, if you're very certainty driven, the last thing you might want to do is leave a job and then go all in on something that you don't know how to do, where if you work five days a week, Saturday, you might be able to do a photo shoot or you might be able to do whatever that thing is for you, get some reps under your belt, see how things work, and then you can start to allocate time more intentionally as you move forward versus having the mud of, I left my job and now I can't afford the mortgage for my family and the cars or whatever it is. Obviously, circumstantially, we're all in a different place. So understanding what your mud is, I think that's, if I... If I got that advice when I first started this, I think I would have been better off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we learn as we go and it's all good. The The trick is not to repeat the same mistake more than once. <laughs> yes. If you can avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That's, that's always the goal. Yeah, man. And so we want to make sure people know a little more about how to find you and what they can do to benefit from your experience and wisdom. And of course, we want to talk about Next Level University and um, a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what can be done to help others in their lives. And as they go on to do things, uh, I want them to be able to reach out and utilize your experience to change their lives. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. I always just suggest listening to the podcast first, just because it's free and the best way to start is usually free. So just search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. We do an episode every single day. So you'll either love us or get sick of us very quickly. Either way, I love you and I appreciate you. And then if, if you listen and you say, you know, I resonate with these guys. I resonate with the message. I resonate with the energy. We have one-on-one coaching and group coaching and we have free monthly meetups and we have free courses and there's so many, we have an app. There's so many things that we have in the business, but the way it's set up is no matter where your self-improvement set point is 
or where your financial set point is, there is somewhere for you in the business. If you don't have a lot of money, that's fine. If you're brand new to self-improvement, that's fine. Don't worry about it. That is the way we've created our business. So that's that would be my suggestion to start. Perfect. And so if somebody was thinking of starting a business or doing something like that, they would come to you to help to learn how to put that together and understand how to really find their sweet spot, right? Yeah. Whether it's somebody who wants to start a business or if it's somebody who says, you know, I just don't feel like I'm that fulfilled. I feel like I'm not that passionate about the things I'm doing. We really work on life, love, health, and wealth. That really is the the pillars of what we do. And when we say holistic self-improvement, that's what we mean. I want to be a three-dimensional. I want to grow three-dimensionally. I don't just want to get in better shape and my relationship to tank or to make a bunch of money, but to lose the wonderful gift of physical activity. The goal is to elevate all of those. And that is also how we coach as well. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. And so if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's your web address? It is nextleveluniverse.com. Somebody has Next Level University and they were they were bartering at a very high price that we were not going to pay them yet. Oh man! So like somebody <laughs> just stole the domain. Like, they they had it before before we did. So it's it's all good. Oh, I see. But they just never put up a school. No, no, they were just holding on to it. Huh. That's cool. <laughs> For a rainy day. Still did that. That's so crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've I've had so many domains over the years. Like I, I wished I'd kept some of them to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, whatever you know. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. Okay, cool. And so we're getting close. We've got about 10 minutes left together. And I just want to make sure we don't miss anything that might be in your mind or on your heart that you might like to share. Is there anything that we might not have discussed that was, um, kind of resonating for you inside that needs to get out? Well, you touched on this a lot and I just would like to add a quote to it. We were talking a lot about the importance and the power of community. One of the most challenging questions I ever asked myself was also one of the most important and and powerful. And it's a simple question. Are the people in my life the best from my past or the best for my future? Are they in my life because they've just, they've always been in my life and we used to go to the gym together and we used to party together and we used to do whatever together? Or are these people in my life because they're going to help me get to where I want to go and I'm going to help them get to where they want to go and they're fulfilled and they're supportive and they're positive and I feel safe around them and I can be vulnerable around them. It's a challenging question for sure, but I do think it is a question that will bring up new awareness and that kind of takes this whole thing full circle because awareness is an opportunity for change and new awareness creates new opportunities. You got that right. And uh, there's a saying, uh, Something, something to the effect of uh, look around your life and the f- closest five friends that you have is a picture of your future, mm, the, yeah. the, the aggregate value of those people. And that's interesting, you know, and when somebody pointed that out to me at the time, it's like, I only knew a couple of people because I was living in this weird place, but it was like, okay, well, you know, like five people, let me, let me just think about this for a minute, but then it made me realize like, holy crap, I really need to plug these people in place. And, mm. and, and for me, it meant moving someplace where there were people, um, you know, so like it just, that's the beauty of it. It's like, man, all of a sudden there's so many people everywhere. And it's like, you know, who knew I really didn't realize how many wonderful, positive, kind people there seems to be in the world, at least in this crazy place. Like, I, I can't figure it out. It's Las Vegas, man. It's not supposed to be like that. So there's a there's a lot again, you're gonna find what you're looking for, right? There's a lot of yeah. really awesome, positive, supportive, fulfilled, just trying to make the world a better place people out there. It's just a matter of unfortunately, that's not usually what we're shown, but it does not mean there's any there's any shortage of it out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, just kind of off the cuff, like over the years that you've done this and your own self-improvement process, what do you think is one of the more important lessons that you've learned um, during the time that you've been experiencing this transformation in your, in your life? Just because someone makes me feel a certain way does not mean that is a them thing. Sometimes that is a me thing. So there were there were many times in my life, Todd, where I'd be around somebody who is confident and they were really confident, not arrogant, not 
delusional, they had real confidence, that would trigger me and it would make me super insecure. And I would I would try to put that back on them in my mind of, oh, that person's this, that person's that. And eventually it got to the point where I said, is this a me issue or is this a them issue? Because you're never going to be a confident human, Kevin, if you villainize people who are. And that is one of the one of the foundational shifts that I have made and continued to try to improve and not revert to over the last six years. That has been a really, really big one for me. Right on. Yeah. And I'm with you. That's what made me laugh because I totally understand. And it took a long time for me to realize because most of my life I used to say things that were wrong. You know, it's like you made me feel like this and you did that. And really when it comes down to it, you know, we react. It's the reaction where the problem exists. Yeah. You know, as as tough as that might be to say, because there are certain things that you instinctively feel need a reaction, right? But like sometimes it's just better not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It is, like you said, it's easier said than done. And it just, it starts with a simple, it, it doesn't have to be where you get to the point where you're so transcendent that it's like nothing, nothing anybody can do could ever hurt me. I, I don't know if I'll ever be at that level, but I think it's one of those things of, okay, that person cut me off they didn't, it wasn't unsafe. It's not like I got in an accident. It wasn't terrible. Maybe they got something going on in their day too. You know, we don't know what people are dealing with behind the scenes. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody's late for work. Everybody's dealing with something. So even if that's the level at the beginning is, let me have empathy for the fact that somebody might be going through the same thing I'm going through and maybe they reacted differently. That's a good place to start, I'd say. And Alan, hey, do you think that vulnerability is connected to or responsible for self-awareness? I would say it's a it is a large part of it because vulnerability, when we talk about it, I think a lot of us are talking about it as if we're sharing something vulnerably with a friend, a family member, a loved one. Vulnerability starts with you first. You have to be vulnerable with yourself long before you can be vulnerable with someone else. So I would say the vulnerability to say, oh my goodness. Todd didn't make me feel insecure. I felt insecure around him because he had something that I do not think I can ever get. Wow. That is a very vulnerable place to look. So yeah, I think they're they are very closely connected. And I think vulnerability is one of those things that it's perceived as weakness, but it's very, very challenging. And a lot of us skip out on it because it's challenging. So that actually would suggest that it's it's difficult not weakness, it's strength. So that's another quick redirect is, I think many of us have been taught that vulnerability equals weak. If it's hard to do, it requires strength, not weakness. Yeah. And and especially as a man, you know, I know that that was something that I always, you know, as a younger person associated with uh, women and gay men, you know, and I didn't realize, you know, it's like normal men are supposed to be vulnerable too. And, you know, I had the example of my grandfather who was a strong, you know, retired naval officer and everything, very masculine in his own way. But lucky for me, I had balance, balancing factor with my oldest gay brother and mm. you know he wasn't like a feminine gay guy or anything but like he showed what classy a classy gay guy would be like and i learned a lot of respect for that community because of him and you know it was really interesting actually but yeah people are uh, often misled in that way and i think it really does take a masculine approach to be vulnerable and honestly the 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 real key is honesty and you know, that truth that we have inside us to be able to tap into it and share it and express it, you know, it's like, that's part of what makes us, you know, connected to each other. And I think we get lost in that weird dynamic that you just said, um, where people think it's not, you know, a masculine thing or even important, but like, (laughs) it might be the most important, you know, to be vulnerable is really important, I think, but not a, not a target but vulnerable. There's totally a difference, right? Well, even going back to the original, uh, the thought about the people around you, if you have people in your life that are toxic, your vulnerability might not be seen as vulnerability. It might be seen as cowardice or negativity or whatever. If you have the right people in your corner, you're most likely going to be welcomed with with open arms when you show vulnerability. So I'm I now more than ever that the community thing is way bigger than I ever thought because if you can't be yourself around your people, they don't know the real you and you don't 
know the real them either because you can't be your real self around them. So it creates all of this, all of this resistance. So yeah, if you are struggling with vulnerability, one of the reasons might be because you're around a bunch of people who do not appreciate or value vulnerability. That's right. Yeah. And it does make a big difference. So get some people that do, or at least get with somebody like Kevin who can help <laughs> you to understand how to pull that out of thin air. Cause it can change literally in a moment, right? Like when you set your mind in a different direction and go off about your business, that's when the change begins, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It all starts with intention. It all, it all starts with intention. It all starts with awareness and the goal and the necessity of, you know what, I think now is is time for me to do something different. And it's the discomfort. It's almost like pulling the Band-Aid off versus leaving the Band-Aid on forever, long after you need it. It might be really hard to distance yourself from people. It might be really hard to reallocate time with certain people. But I do believe if they're misaligned relationships, you'll be grateful you did it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, but that hurt will will turn into growth where if you just stay around people forever because you're you think you owe it to them or you think it's selfish to to grow, I think you're going to end up resenting them. Is there anything, I mean just to play devil's advocate here, but like is there anything wrong about trying to bring those people with you or help to is you know help to shine the light on their own potential and maybe encourage them to make the same kind of change? Then it would be a healthy relationship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that is a challenging thing because not everybody wants that. So mm -hmm. I I would say it's always worth trying that first. And some people will be offended and some people will say, oh yeah, okay, you're all about this growth thing now. Okay, you're too good for us or whatever. In an ideal world, everybody would say, wow, you look super fulfilled and it seems like you're doing really well. I'd love to know what you have going on in your life and I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to know how you can help. But again, that requires a level of vulnerability and a, and a level of courage. So ideally, yes, everybody would come with you and you'd be able to give somebody a leg up and they'd be able to give you a leg up and rinse and, and repeat. But if you do get to the place where you realize those around you are not into that, it's it's not selfish for you to keep getting better. And and this is a very hard truth and it's going to sound very hardcore. It's also not necessarily your job to slow down. I think it's the responsibility of others to speed up if they want to continue the same level of relationship they have with you. Definitely. Yeah, well put, Kevin. Thank you, my friend. That's Thank you. Very nice, brother. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? No, that's it. I, I want to send some love your way, Todd. I've gotten to talk to you a Thank few you. times now, and I appreciate you, and I'm grateful. Yeah, of course. I'm grateful you and I got to spend so much time together today. Me too, brother. Thank you. And honestly, like your show is way bigger that when you were saying the the example, I was thinking to myself, man, you've got it backwards, you know, and it's like, I'm not really doing it for that, but I really admire your accomplishment and your achievement and your ability to put your heart in motion in a way that's generated. You really have generated some impressive results. So Thank you. my hat's off to you actually. And I, I really appreciate, appreciate you being here. Of course. It was my um, pleasure, buddy. Right on. Kevin Palmieri. Check him out on nextleveluniverse.com and tune into his podcast, Next Level University, wherever podcasts are played. Thanks again for being with us today, Kevin. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. 
It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of The Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.